Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker, joining us via the satellite. And uh, Justin, how's your Sunday going? Uh, so far, so good. Cannot complain. How about yours? Oh, well, you know how we haven't recorded an episode in a week. And that's that's abnormal for us, especially uh, this early in the season, to take a random week off. Well, I happened to fall off a ladder from 25 feet and destroy my arm. My arm saved my life falling on the ground. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be with you. <laughs> I'm glad that we're, you know, we're getting to episode 91 of Overtime Hockey Talk because, we, you know, I almost didn't make it. Uh, no, I, I mean, I was okay, but... You know, if I had fallen differently, the story could have certainly been uh, been different. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I've been. That's why we've we've both been kind of out of commission because of that. And uh, but surgery on Wednesday. But you know, I'm and I'm not I'm not allowed to work at all until December 29th. So oh, wow, I have got some time. So uh, I'm gonna be recording that some episodes do. once I'm now that the pain's under control. Of course, I go into surgery and they're gonna basically redo everything in my wrist and i'm going to be in more pain than before probably so we'll we'll see what happens after that but uh once you know once that initial pain subsides i've got some free time so more <laughs> overtime hockey talk coming soon uh and plus more time to watch hockey so there you go that's there, the big one yes yeah, so good things come from uh from terrible things i guess but uh, <laughs> don't ever put a ladder on scaffolding because the scaffolding will tip backwards and then You'll be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my idea. That was uh, that was my boss's idea. And so, you know, if you know a good lawyer, too, that would be great. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, we on the show today, we are just going to focus on the depth of teams at the center position. Uh, it's it's uh, simply by by determining who the worst is in the NHL. You know, we we tend to do a lot of top fives the best ofs well this is the top five worst so we are uh you know hey why not top five worst center depth in the nhl uh and it actually is quite telling when you see these teams uh at least the ones on my list you understand why these teams are where they are in their uh in their development as a team uh any what what made you decide your order of your list how did you how did you go go about this, Justin? Well, I will say first off, it it was significantly more difficult to rate the five worst versus looking at like the five best. Um, I know when when you and I talked about this idea, I, I immediately was like, man, that's that's probably going to be more difficult. And we I could not have been more wrong or more correct about that because it was quite difficult. Um, I think when looking at the teams, I I, I took. You know, what's their current top four centermen, the guys that they have slotted down one, two, three, four uh, injuries aside. I'm not really taking those into account. Uh, just I mean, maybe a little bit, but uh, and then looking into their prospect pool, what they have in terms of centermen guys coming up that might, you know, make the team in the next two, three years uh, where I think they'll eventually be or where they might slot. So uh, that was how I rated teams. I'm not sure what you did, but that was me. Yeah, uh, I some of some of what I did was, you know, I of course what basically what I did was I I scrolled through teams depth charts and I went, wow, that those all those centers suck. Oh, uh, that's not very good. And so I any team that I had an initial like, Ugh, that doesn't look great. I put them on a list, and then I I went and I compared them 
And my first thought was, okay, any team that has uh, one really good center, and you know, some like uh, we'll just the New York Islanders, for example, they got Matthew Barzell, and then from there they kind of tail off pretty quick. Uh, they are not on my top five. I'm just using them as an example, but because they have Matthew Barzell, it really does set them a, set them apart from some teams without any hardly any superstar talent at the center position. So maybe a team with a superstar like Matthew Barzell ranks higher than a team with two second line centers and then nothing much beyond that. So I, I kind of took that into, into account. And then also uh, the age of a team's centers where I go, well, in three years, what is this team going to do at the center position? They've got nothing down the pipeline. They, and their centers are currently pretty are aging. And so uh, that, that definitely played into account as well. So, okay, perfect. So, uh, what teams narrowly missed your list? Um, I will say the one big team for me that just barely missed, and mostly because of when you get past that first centerman, there wasn't really too much to be excited about. And then looking at the the prospect pool, there was barely anything there as well. Uh, number my number six, I mean, you could quote unquote call it that, would be the Dallas Stars. Really, even with with Sagan and Faxa. Yeah, you know, I'm not as high on Faxa as a lot of people are. He hasn't um, he hasn't really impressed me too much yet. So, I, I mean, I know they they're hoping he turns into a number two center, and I know Jason Spets has had a decent year so far. But given where he has been the last few years, and honestly, where I see, you know, he probably won't be on the team next year. So, where does the center depth go from there? And Fesca has got to be the guy. And so far I'm just, I'm not sold on him yet. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Beyond those two guys, it really is, uh, just kind of a, you know, uh, for some reason I, I picture Sean Horkoff still being on the Dallas stars <laughs> and I feel like they have a couple of Sean Horkoffs on their team, not necessarily in age. Uh, although Spezza is about the same age as Horkoff when he was a Dallas star, uh, but more like, yeah, they're players that every now and then they chip in. They're not awful, but they're not good. They're not tipping the tipping the meter for you at all. Um, so I'd agree with that. Uh, any other teams that narrowly missed your list? No, I think I, I cut it off there. But I, okay. I I know you and I talked, and you had a couple teams. So why don't why don't you tell me yours? Yeah, I mean the Islanders were my eight. I already kind of talked about them. Montreal uh, was my seven. Uh, they were really a team that I actually had at two and then I had at three and I kind of kept moving them down. Uh, I think even though their top center, you know, right now, I guess you'd say is Drew. I, which he's, is he really a center? I'm not sure. Uh, the fact that Coke Yemi has, even though he's not putting up big points, he looks pretty good. Uh, and then Philip Deneau, Jonathan drew at least they're, they're good enough players. It just, they had enough to where I was, I was like, well, I'm going to keep them on off this list. I do think that, you know, you could easily make an argument for them being on this list, but uh, they, because of the teams ahead of them, they they missed it. And then my number six was another team in the Atlantic Division, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Matt Duchesne is a nice player. Uh, the reason they didn't make my list is Chris Tierney has been playing really well, being mm-hmm. moved up the lineup and being in their top six. And so I got to tip my hat to that and say. Hey, maybe he is a an okay top nine centerman, 
and then uh, Pajo, he's a he's decent enough, and and so I I just thought uh, the Senators weren't they didn't have any really great centermen, but at least they had a couple guys who were serviceable and and playing well. And I'll, I'll say like Ottawa, you know, for as as much as we talked about Ottawa is going to be the the one of the tankers of the league, they've actually shown up and and have been a difficult opponent for teams to play against. Uh, and so, and I think that that's really all you can ask from them. I mean, they're five, six, and two. Uh, they're not playing awful. And so, uh, other than defensively allowing 55 goals through 13 games, but uh, offensively, they've actually been right there. I mean, they've they've only scored four less goals than the Tampa Bay Lightning in the same amount of games, which I don't think that's anything wow. we expected from the Ottawa Senators. So, uh, I, I took them just outside of my top five. And with that, okay. uh, why don't you give us your number five? All right. Uh, number five, I have the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. All right. So yes. yours. I know you talked about them a little bit. So, yeah, I I actually did not include Jonathan Druin on my centerman's list now that he's he's been playing a little bit more time on the wing, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now their, their top guy is Domi. He's their top centerman. So yeah, I guess he has been playing more center, hasn't he? Yeah, that's that's true. And and by me, he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But um, you know, when you when you start stacking them up against other teams in in that conference, that division, it it, it looks even more. I mean, it it looks a little bit more scary because you know if you put Domi even up against Toronto, for example, right? You stack him up against even Kadri. I would probably still take Kadri over Domi any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree, and I think that Montreal's on this list. If you aren't really, if you're saying right now in this moment. Uh, for this season, who has the worst center depth? Uh, mm-hmm. Montreal, yeah, I can, I'd can. i say, yeah, they should be a little higher. I took into account the fact that Jesperi Kotkaniemi does look good. He looks like he's going to be a, a fast, speedy center in this league. And so I think that knowing their future, it's a little bit brighter. Not a whole lot, but it's a, <laughs> at least, you know, if, if you have a guy who has potential to be a number one center – then that does set you apart from these bottom 10 teams or so. Yeah, and I, I think if he wasn't on this team, the Canadians probably would be a lot higher on this list. But Koke and Yemi really just put them on that cusp of just barely, you know, just barely making number five. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay, so my number five is the New York Rangers. Ooh, uh, okay. Well, I have them at number four. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, they... Uh, Mika Zabinijad listed as their top center, and then uh, Kevin Haves, Philip Scheidel, and Brett Howden as uh, that that rounds out their top twelve or top four centers. Uh, Mika Zabinijad is a nice player, uh, of course. You know he's not a guy that you're like, wow, I I definitely wouldn't want him as a center on my team. No, he's he's a good player. It's just to have him as your top center is a death wish and something that. <laughs> the Rangers have done on purpose not having him as their top center obviously they they haven't gone out and really tried to acquire that top center yet they're hoping that they can get Jack Hughes or you know some some center in the draft and they're doing a good job at it last yeah. place in their division and uh currently tied for I think second to last in the league Florida Florida and LA Kings leading the way who uh of course can their coach this afternoon goodbye John Stevens have a nice one. Yeah. 
<laughs> made it sound like he died, which he didn't. He didn't. I'm glad he didn't die. You know, that's that's good. Wow. It got a little dark. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, yeah, so to me, though, the Rangers, it's so scary because I just don't see much coming. I mean, I, you know, other than what maybe they potentially end up with uh, when all is said and done in the draft. I mean, Philip Scheidel, he was their first round pick in uh, 2017, you know, 21st overall, and he looks like he'll be. Okay, I mean, he's got three points through nine games. Just haven't really maybe seen enough of him, and maybe he hasn't gotten the opportunity to to put up big numbers. But to me, when I from the small amount that I've been able to watch the Rangers this year, he hasn't really stood out. So, oh, I'm no, sorry, he has he has three assists in 13 games this year. So. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, I think when you look even further down the list for the Rangers, right, and you look at their prospect pool, there's not a whole lot there. Um, Elias Anderson, he was their first-round draft pick, uh, went seventh overall in 2017. He could be someone yeah. uh, that potentially could step in and be, you know, number two, number three center in the future. But uh, he's he's no Jack Hughes, Austin Matthews, those type of franchise centers that I think this team desperately needs to get back in the playoff mix. Yeah, and of course – in the if let's say Elias Anderson is able to come in and he's a good top six centerman along with Amika Zabinajad, and then you have Kevin Hayes rounding out your top nine, it's not awful. No. Especially since if Nemesnikov stays in New York, he does have the ability to take some face offs and uh, and play that center position if you ever needed him to if injuries occurred. I this Rangers team to me, uh, well, they definitely aren't as bad as some other quote unquote really bad teams that try to tank. Uh, this team just kind of is like an assortment of pieces and they don't really fit together very well. And so I think that within the next three years, you're going to look at this team and it's going to almost be completely different. So, yeah. I, that would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, okay. So your four was the Rangers uh, who, and well, my four is the uh, Arizona coyotes. Wow. Okay. See, they didn't even make my list. Yeah, the Coyotes to me, uh, you know, when I when when all is said and done, I'm going is Galchenyuk a center? I don't know. Christian Dvorak, he's a he's a a good player, uh, 37 points in 78 games last year, but he's got a a pectoral like a torn pec or something like this, and uh, they're saying he could miss the whole season. So wow. that's going to weigh in a little bit. You know, if, if you're out for the entire season, it's got to have an effect in your center depth. Because now, what are we, what are we looking at? Where, like, obviously, Derek Stepan is their, their top center, which is uh, slightly scary in and of itself. Uh, not a bad player, of course, but just not a... I mean, in that, in that division, the other centermen that you're going up against and the depth that some of the other teams in the central division have, you're... You know, even the worst team in the Central, the St. Louis Blues, is loaded at center. So it's kind of scary to think, you know, you're going to have to go up against a, a lot of, or I guess they're not in the Central Division. They're in the Pacific Division. <laughs> but uh, but when they get moved to the Central Division, when Seattle comes in, for some reason I have it in my head now that Arizona's in the Central because I've seen so many things say that they're going to go move to the Central. I think we talked about it in our last show. Um, yep. But yeah, anyways, that's uh, that's why my brain went there. But I mean, even Edmonton, uh, you look at a Vancouver who now with Elias Peterson and uh, and Bo Horvat there, and, and 
Anaheim, even with Anaheim's struggles, their center position's pretty good. Uh, there's And San Jose, of course, is stacked at center as well. And so uh, even a team like L.A. that's no good right now has great centers. So I, I, w- I would worry about that for them playing in that division. And, uh, and I really don't like Dylan Strome. I, it just doesn't seem like uh, Dylan Strome to me feels a lot like uh, shoot. What's his name in, in Calgary? The guy who went third overall that in that draft who couldn't do any pull-ups. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> goodness. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Sam Bennett. Right on the- Sam Bennett. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not, a, he's not playing center anymore. He's playing on the right side, but uh, to me, Dylan Strome, maybe that drafts, Sam Bennett. So uh, okay. let's let's go with your number three. All right, my number three are the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, I did um, I did not have Carolina on my list. Okay, uh, I love Sebastian Ajo, and he's he's looked great so far. Just leading the, the league in scoring, it's no no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Uh, but when you go beyond that, to me, there is little to nothing. Uh, it's it's scary to me when your highest paid player is Jordan Stahl. Uh, so there's that, and you're I mean really he's nothing more than a third line center, and never will be anything more. But he has to play a, a lot more minutes than he should be. And then when you look further down the lineup, there's guys that are unrecognizable in terms of Lucas Walmart, Nicholas Roy at center, and then even in a prospect pool, they really have nobody. Um, that to me, I just, I look at him like, oh yeah, he's, he's going to be a future call up a guy who, you know, potentially is going to come in here and probably be a top six, maybe top nine guy. I just, I don't see that right now out of anybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't make my list because of Aho. Uh, Aho looks like, I mean, especially this year, holy mackerel, really breaking out. And, uh, if you have a superstar at a position, like to me, the Buffalo Sabres don't have, I mean, you got Jack Eichel and then Casey Middlestat, who's who's looked fine this year, uh, mm-hmm. but he just scored his first goal of the season in uh, the Sabers last game, right, or a couple games ago. So three points in eleven games in the first eleven games for Middlestat. I can't remember what he has after that, but uh, you know they they don't have a ton of depth either. But because of that superstar at the top, I, I think that that really makes it so that they can't appear on this list for me because. There's other teams with uh, without that superstar at the top, and that that to me is, I mean, if you think about who's won the Stanley Cup the last dozen years, uh, pretty much all those teams have some sort of superstar center on that team. So, yeah, and that's totally fair. Uh, you know, to me, the only reservation I have with Aho is, you know, last year he had a slow start to the season. I mean, he caught fire end of the year, which is was great for them because they almost made the playoffs. But, um, you know, so far, so good this year. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar type centerman, but he has the potential to be that for sure. Um, and I think if maybe they had a guy who you could maybe say is a number two center or even a potential two, three guy, then maybe I might put them further down or even off the list. But right now, I just I couldn't do that. OK, uh, my number three is the Minnesota Wild. Ooh, okay. Yeah, wow. they're, they're kind of my, uh, like, do I want to put them on this list? And if I'm going to put this, them on this list, I, I think I, I'm putting them here because of two years, one to two years down the road. 
I don't okay. think that they are the third worst team in the NHL right now, right this second. But I think that as you look at the team as a whole, you look at what's coming uh, and you think about the next couple of years, is Eric Stahl going to resign there? I don't know. Is Miko Koivu still going to be there? I mean, he's getting up there in age. And, I mean, he, he hasn't exactly, uh, you know, he goes on a little nice little, uh, he's kind of a streaky player. And goes on little little streaks of, of points, but how much more does Miko Koivu have in the bank? And then, yeah, Jonathan Erickson Eck, he's a good player, but then beyond that, you know, you've got Matt Hendricks, uh, you know, Granlund, I guess, can play a little center, Charlie Coyle, but they really aren't centermen. And so, yeah, to me, you, you look a year or two down the road, and maybe your top two centers right now are gone, and then what do you have left? And and there's Minnesota is going to be good enough to where they're not going to end up in a position where they're not getting you know where their draft picks are high. I mean, right now they're second in the Central Division, which is incredible to me. <laughs> yeah, as it as it is right now, eight three and two, uh, even ahead of Winnipeg, playing one less game as well. So, yeah, don't understand it. And I think for me though, with Minnesota, I uh, I had a hard time putting them on my list just because. Like you said, a couple of years down the road, Stahl and Koivu may not be here, but to me, a guy like Charlie Coyle and Granlin, who have played center and can slot in there, I think maybe those guys, you know, can fill in that void and keep them from being, you know, terrible in terms of their depth center. Yeah, Minnesota is just a weird team. It's they really hard are. to put your finger on <laughs> on this this team when they're when they're struggling. You're like, yeah, I knew they'd struggle, and then all of a sudden they're unreal, and they get. Gr- I mean. Devin Dubnik is is pretty fantastic, uh, yeah. But their defense has actually been really the reason that they've been winning. I mean, they only had sixteen shots on them last night on uh, Saturday night against the Blues. Sixteen shots on net. I mean, that's a that's a nice easy night for your goaltender. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, Devin Devin Dubnik. I mean, he's a six two and two two zero seven goals against average, a nine thirty seven save percentage. He's been cleaning up. Uh, and I think that they're doing this, uh, you know, unexpectedly. I didn't think the Wild would be here. But I, as far as this list goes, uh, center depth, I just felt like their depth was running out. And so I put them a little higher on this list. Maybe they could have been five. They could have not been on this list at all. But uh, I just felt like when I looked at their team, I went, ooh, that's not going to be good soon. So... That's why they're there. Um, let's go with your numero two. Numero dos. Okay. Uh, I have the Chicago Blackhawks. Ah, okay. Again, I love this. I love this exercise <laughs> because I think you're going to get people who are like, what? But Jonathan Taves. I mean, how can you? And that's what I'm doing right now. What? What about Jonathan Taves? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk, to, talk to me. Why, why is this team on the... On your the second worst center depth in the NHL. Yeah, so let's let's talk beyond Jonathan Taves because to me that's really all that's there. Um, you know, Anisimov. I I don't know if he's he's right there on par with with Jordan Stahl in terms of talent, in my opinion. Um, you know, and you look beyond that. I mean, Kruger, great guy to have as a fourth line center. Don't get me wrong, he he plays the role well. He's a great faceoff guy can kill some penalties for you, but, um, you know, Jonathan Taves, right. The last couple of years, I haven't seen 
the the guy that's worth ten million dollars in my opinion. And going forward, yeah, he's he's had a good start, but the rest of the season when he starts to cool off, you know, we see Patrick Cannell line up now, so now they're relying on him a little bit more. Are they going to get that offense from him going forward? And I I, I don't know. Oh, I just, I feel is, like Kane is just sick, right? He re- he really is. he was Patrick sick. Kane is he, disgusting. He, he's bad. Oh, no, okay, I mean, he, he was, he missed because he was sick. Like, okay. like actually had an illness, not like he's sick, <laughs> really good. Well, I mean, he is, but he's sick. Yeah. He's sick, but he was actually sick. Okay. Yeah. So, but he, he uh, played against the Oilers, uh, their okay. last game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you, when you go beyond Jonathan Taves and you look for the future, I, there's nothing there that I, I can say, okay, we have a guy that could potentially come in and play a number two role or maybe even in a number three role. I, I don't see it. And I think they, they've got to figure out how to do that because they had the same issue, um, you know, with Panarin, they had caves and, or I'm sorry, not Taves. They had Kane and Panarin on this line together, but you know, Nisimov really was having a little trouble keeping up with them. And, you know, then that's when they, of course, figure, oh, okay, well, you know, Kane's really the guy that drives us. So let's bring in Saad to, to drive, you know, Taves back to where he needs to be. And, you know, that really didn't work out too well. So, I, again, I just – I don't see anything beyond Jonathan Taves. And to me, that just – that's really worrisome for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I Yeah, they didn't – they didn't make my list because of – well, A, so far this, uh, this season, Taves has been playing pretty well. Um, sure. Chicago, I think, is is right where they're right where they should be in terms of uh, the standings, which is towards the bottom of that central division. We know that they aren't that good of a team uh, overall. You're right; their their depth. I think just their depth in general is pretty rough. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. they just don't have a whole lot in a whole lot of places. So, yeah, that would uh, yeah, that'll be a problem. But I, I do think there's a little bit coming. That you know, there's some players who who uh who may be able to crack their lineup we'll see what happens with this with this Blackhawks team if they're able to have anybody come over you know halfway halfway through the year out of Europe or if you know I, I think this this is a team that after the junior season ends you could see a player come up and maybe make their lineup just to start that transition of uh players like an Adam an Adam Bokvist on granted it's on defense not at the center position but uh, yeah, to me, I guess Jonathan Taves being up there and playing as well as he has so far this year was just enough to keep them off this list for me. Okay, fair enough. And I will say, as like an asterisk to this team, uh, Alex Debrinkit, a guy who can play center but has been on the wing for most of the time, uh, you know, maybe do they experiment with him at that number two spot, you know, next year or wherever, just to maybe try to drive some offense, you know, in terms of depth. So we'll see. All right, uh, let's get your. Oh, I we need my number, number two. two. My <laughs> number two. My number two is the New Jersey Devils. Wow. Okay, this is a team that that was right would have been my number you know six seven team right okay. up there as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, New Jersey Devils to me are a team with Nico Heischer at the top. He's looking he's looking solid uh, so far yep. this this year, and uh, beyond that. When you go a Travis Zajac, a Brian Boyle, uh, Marcus Johansson, who's who he's also been playing the wing. Uh, so it's, you know, is he a center? Is he a wing? It just depends on where they play him. Uh, to me, I like I, I really don't like Travis Zajac. I think he's hurt all the freaking time. 
all the time. You can't rely on him. Brian Boyle is a fourth line center. Uh, I think that when we hear Brian Boyle, we think of his incredible story, which it absolutely is. The guy beat cancer and, uh, and not only did he – he fought cancer and just went right back, played 69 games last year, no big deal. And uh, I'm sure it was a big deal for him. Uh, but I don't look at this team beyond Nico Heischer and go, wow, yes, they are good at the center position because Travis Ajak hurt all the time. Marcus Johansson also tends to get hurt quite a bit. Uh, I think he puts himself in bad positions blocking shots and i don't know you know so, some players you seem it seems like they just get hurt all the time and you start to look at their the way that they play the game and they they just end up in precarious situations and it's why they get hurt and it's why other players like phil kessel always plays all 82 games why he's literally never gets hit now granted <laughs> he doesn't put himself in those positions to get hit but he plays all 82 games uh, and he's really good. Of course, there's other players who they can't do that because they don't have Phil Kessel's shot, so they need to do other things, which is is understandable. But uh, yeah, beyond Heischer, and I I still don't know what Heischer is going to pan out as. You know, when I I'm wondering, you know, how much is is Heischer the Nicholas Backstrom to Ovech, to Ovechkin? You know, as like he is to Taylor Hall, sure. or is is he really just gleaning off of Taylor Hall's? just ex- absolute explosion uh, being with the devils this, these last, well, last year in particular. And so I'm just wondering when is Nico, he the one driving that line uh, or is he helping drive that line or is it just all Taylor hall? And he's kind of gleaning off of uh, what hall has been doing. So. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. There is one name though. I will throw out there for the devils who uh, helped keep them off my list. And that is, a Michael McCloyd or McLeod. I don't honestly know uh, how yeah, they pronounce McLeod, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is uh, a very highly skilled uh, prospect for them. Who I mean is a guy that I, I read on Elite Prospects is a guy who drives the line himself. He, I mean, he can get it done without having to rely. He's like a Sidney Crosby in the fact that he doesn't need you could throw any winger with him and he can drive production. So um, obviously, I, he's not going to be a Sidney Crosby, but. Uh, you know, he could be a dynamic centerman who could give you a nice one-two punch with Heischer and, and McLeod here. So uh, to me, that's just that was the reason I kept New Jersey off my list. Okay. All right. And that's that's fair. All right. I have a feeling. I have a <laughs> feeling that we have the same number one team. Now, we're, we're not even – we're not next to each other. We're not sharing screens or anything. I have no idea what his list is. We did not talk about it before the show because we like it to be, you know, the big reveal, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your number one, sir. Uh, it's my hometown team, the Red Wings. Yes, yes. We are in agreement on this. Yes. I'm going to let you take the floor here and give your initial reasons why Detroit has the worst center depth in the NHL. I'm yeah, going to no, do I, my best, even though I have them at number one, I'm going to do my best to like to poke holes here. So let's okay, see what I got. No. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay. Uh, so I, I guess first off, if – a certain Henrik Zetterberg didn't quote unquote retire slash get on IR. Maybe they'd be a couple spots down on this list. But um, when you look at a Dylan Larkin, for example, who is their number one sentiment to me, he is a lower number one, maybe a, a high end top, you know, number two sentiment at best. Um, I don't ever expect him to produce more than, you know, 60, 70 points. I think that's where He's going to fall in line for the rest of his career. Oh, that's a fantastic player, though. 
a no, seventy-point player. That's yeah, uh, I, that. I mean, think about the guys who have seventy points in a season, and you are looking at a pretty damn good list. No, I I will not disagree. But again, I I think that's the top end of where he can be, and I think he's probably going to be right in line where where he was last year with 61, 62 points. Um, but when you go beyond that, you look at their their depth right now, right? They've got Nielsen, Glendening, De La Rose. That's not exciting at all. I mean, Nielsen maybe is a number three centerman on this team at best. Uh, Glenn Denning, I don't. I mean, honestly, you put him on just about any other team, he's probably not even a centerman. De La Rose got waived from Montreal and got picked up from Detroit because, well, frankly, they just they don't have guys to, that can produce offense. So on RotoWorld.com, the Red Wings' fourth listed center is named Megan. Oh, so, Megan. Yeah, Wade Megan. No, no, no. It's <laughs> definitely Megan. Uh, so your fourth best centerman is Megan. If that just doesn't, yeah. if that doesn't tell you what's going on with this organization at the center position, your best your fourth best centerman according to this site <laughs> is Megan. Yeah, I I mean, when's, don't get when's me wrong. Tiffany coming to play? Oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> I will say they do have a couple decent prospects. Uh, a Turjan could be somebody who could, but this is a guy I don't think will be nothing more than a third line centerman at best. But the one shining spot is Valeno, a guy who fell, who was supposed to be a high end first round pick and fell all the way down to number 30. Now, I don't know if maybe that says more about him on, you know, what teams actually think of him or, you know, how badly maybe the Red Wings got lucky. But I mean, outside of that, your best hope if you're a Red Wings fan to get some center depth is that you get Jack Hughes, honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and you know, the Red Wings just, I love that Arby's was like, okay, fine, three goals. If you can just score three goals in the game, we'll we'll give you the fries. And then they've <laughs> scored three goals a game every time. And I, I wonder if those players aren't like, are talking to their wives, you know, who go to the game and they get the... Like, all right, you're getting me those tickets. We're scoring three goals tonight. We're, whatever we have to do to get those free curly fries. Uh, yeah, if it weren't for the Florida Panthers playing like garbage, the Wings would be last, which the Wings have played three more games and them are only one point ahead. The Panthers, I expect yeah. to be better. Luongo's coming back. The Panthers should be able to pick it up. Detroit will fall to the bottom, which would put Detroit solely pretty, pretty darn close to last place in the league. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. If I mean, as an organization, when you're like Arby's, like you said, you're not even hoping that someone gets a hat trick. You're just hoping they score three goals. As an organization, you're like, oh, these guys can't even score. So let's just make it three goals because we know they're not going to do that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And the center depth, there's there's not a whole lot to be excited about outside of Dylan Larkin, to be quite honest. So no, but I, I I'll give you I'll I'll say this. Dylan Larkin right now at the top center position is averaging more than a point per game. He's got 15 points in 14 games. And this is on a team where really he's, he is nothing around him defensively. There's nobody really moving the, moving the play and pushing the play. I mean, Mike green is your best defenseman and, and he was a really good defenseman eight years ago. Uh, (laughs) Dylan Larkin has very little around him. Even, Even Anthony Mantha to a point, who he's gotten to play with. He's been playing a lot with Tyler Bertuzzi. It's just these these guys are, uh, I think, 
on a good team at best on a second line. So is Larkin, but uh, but Larkin has at least taken the challenge, and he's producing. I mean, he's right now he's on pace to score ninety points. Will that continue? Probably not, because uh, but early on in the season the Wings weren't even scoring, and he was the one who was scoring. So yeah, he is basically driving a majority of that offense for this team, right? No and doubt. so I I will say that maybe maybe Larkin is actually, he's playing more like, you know, remember when he first came into the league and he went on a really hot streak by Christmas, I think he had 11 goals or something like that. And he was Mm -hmm. on pace for about 30. And I remember saying, "Eh, he'll be lucky to get 20. I think he got 21 or something like that. And and I think maybe we're seeing more a conf, like he had had this confidence. He came back the next year, people really started to check him more and he kind of maybe lost his swagger a little bit. And I think that he really has risen to the challenge. I, I honestly, he 100% is my next Detroit Red Wings captain. He should be named captain after this season. If he continues to do this, he's my captain. And uh, and I, I think that he could, you know, he, he maybe is your answer at center. And if even if you get Jack Hughes, you're still going to play Larkin probably as your top center anyways. And Hughes is going to be your, because Larkin's going to be, you know he has the experience, and he's going to get some of those more difficult assignments to ease up on a on a Hughes or whoever the prospect is that comes in pretty high in the Wings organization. And so, to me, Larkin is the guy that you're going to rely most upon. And so, I think you give him the C. I he just signed a, a nice deal with the Wings, and so uh, I think that he really is an important part of this team's future. And I think in three years, when this team's in the playoffs, and you know you're watching. Maybe him, sure, he might be the second center. He might be the top line center because of the, you know, the wings acquire some wingers that are really talented. It doesn't matter. To me, Dylan Larkin is a legitimate top six and prob- and maybe maybe he is a top line center. Now, is he a superstar? No. Uh, but there has been teams like uh, Nashville where, you know, you're going in with a Ryan Johansson and a, and a Kyle Turris type of centerman and... I mean, I don't know how how far is Larkin from Orion Johansson. Yeah, no, in I terms would definitely of the way agree. that I he drives right on far. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, I I don't think that the wings are as bad at center as uh, maybe they feel. It really feels like they're bad at center when you look <laughs> at them. Uh, Franz Nielsen, it it seems like uh, you know he's he's been okay, but he doesn't really score at all for you, and. Uh, I, I think that Rasmussen has some potential to to grow into a good top nine centerman if he can uh, really figure out the penalty killing the uh, and the defensive side of the game more. I think then the the Red Wings are looking at okay centermen when you're in a position. You know that when the Wings go to draft, mm-hmm. it's not just the center position that they're going to be begging for. They have to draft a defenseman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they remember really do. they do have. Uh, they do have some guys coming, Valeno yeah. and uh, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Cholowski, he's looked pretty good. Cholowski and what? Well, who's who's the who's the guy they drafted fifth overall? Why can't I think of it? Oh, oh, Zadina. Zadina, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so there are some pieces coming for the Wings, but defensively, the Wings are probably going to have to focus on defense for in their draft outside of maybe a Jack Hughes or. 
other guys that are going to go high end. I mean, so they need, they have a lot to work on on their defense. And so I don't think that they're as bad off at the center position. I just think the rest of the team is is really making some of those centers look bad too. So yeah, that's that's completely fair. I w- would not disagree with you at all. And I think you know this past draft when they took Sedina, they I mean they. They were focused on getting a, a top defensive prospect out of this, and that as Zadina fell into their lap. And I think this upcoming draft, if you know they don't get Jack Hughes, I think unless somebody just falls into their lap who's too good to pass up on, they're going to have to take defense. I agree. Well, yeah. When all is said and done, Detroit is my number one on this list too. So, <laughs> uh, for as much uh, much as I want to argue that they're not, I still put them there. So, yeah. Well, there's our uh, there's our top five worst teams at center, worst center teams in the league. I don't, I don't know how to say yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, next uh, next list, maybe maybe we do the uh, top five worst defensive depth in the league. Okay. How's that sound? I'm on board with that. All right. Well, we and we'll uh, we'll get in an episode before I have to go into surgery on Wednesday. I'm not sure how long I'll be in a little bit of pain and so we'll try to get an episode and before that and uh we'll do an episode just on everything that's going on in the league and then you know we'll have our next uh more topical episode will be the worst defensive depth so let us know what you thought of our center depth you know if you think i'm insane for having the devils at number two let me know at ot hockey talk uh you know if you think justin should have put the red wings even higher on his list not possible, not possible. <laughs> hey, we're number one. Uh, yeah, just just hit us up at OT Hockey Talk. We uh, we're, we get quite active on Twitter, like have conversations with our listeners. Thank you for listening. Please share and uh, subscribe to our podcast. And you know, if you're feeling it, give us a nice five star rating for the great show we do every week, couple times a week, three times a week, no times a week when I fall off ladders. So, and Justin falls into pools and breaks things we've had a lot of crap happen to us seriously in the last like three months i blew out my knee justin broke his ankle and then i fell off a ladder broke my nose and broke my wrist so yeah it's a party trying to type i'll tell you that (laughs) you know at least when you hurt your leg you can play video games when you break that's true your wrist do you know how hard it is to click buttons with a bum hand right now and my bones are in like weird spots oh it's terrible Oh, I feel for you. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, send up, send up a little, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers for me after that surgery. It's supposed to be a little bit painful afterwards. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yell overtime hockey talk over, over again with my fist in the air. So. There you go. All right. Well, that's been our show. We will talk to you guys early this week. Have a good one.